Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Okay, we're back for part two for this Sunday evening call for Tactical Sovereignty with Dr. Joy Poole. And I had mentioned a couple topics at the end of the last conversation, and maybe that's a direction that the powers that shouldn't be don't want to go in. So instead, we'll kind of go into what was going to be, I think, the segue of those and the power in the blood. I, I think it's funny. I saw one of those blood mobiles the other day, and right on that big blood drop sign they had, it said on there, there's power in the blood. I'm like, wow. <laughs> there is Where power in the that? blood. Wait, haven't mm, we heard that there's before? There's power in the blood. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's power in the blood. So, and depending and, on whose blood it is, how much power is there. And so maybe even to be maybe a little more careful this time, um, instead of mentioning a specific sect of people, we'll say the J people. <laughs> um, sad, sad that we have to do that, but it is what it is. I know. It's um, kind of like uh, everybody's offended. Well, the thing about it is is people don't want to hear the truth. You know, when I used to work with handicapped people and they started saying, we well, don't call them mentally retarded. you got to call them developmentally delayed. And then you got to call them, instead of calling them a patient, call them a client, and then from a client to consumer. And then you start telling they're, you know, environmentally, uh, you know, saddened by what's happened to them or what. The thing, the thing is, you can, the the terms you use to try to identify something, you can change them around, but it's still the same problem, you know. And that's the thing is that when we try to identify exactly what it is, the powers that be keep messing it up to keep you guessing. What is it? What does it? What does it mean now? It's a way to play uh, doublespeak, and it's a way to say things that um, keep us confused instead of knowing about the truth. And I think that's the thing that worries me most is that we're living in a society now where fake news is the big thing. And, and, and anybody on TV, on any of the channels, if they can get you to stay on their channel, they'll tell you whatever you want to hear. And so it's a, it's a sad thing when we can't turn to our own news and look to our books and things and feel like we can get the truth. But absolutely, it's absolutely. It's going to come a time that you don't know the truth. You, you know, you can't tell the truth from somebody lying to you. And we're to that point now that we can't distinguish really truth like we should. And, and if you don't know the truth, you're not able to teach it to your offspring and to others. Right. And, you know, it's, it's the double speak, like you said, is fed to us over and over and you know it kind of goes in one ear and out the other people don't even realize what is being presented to them i remember uh, back with the iran contra affair and uh after that whole fiasco you know that attempt was made uh jimmy carter was on tv and he called it an incomplete success that is such a perfect mm -hmm. example of doublespeak what do you mean an incomplete mm -hmm. success there's no such thing as a success if it's incomplete you know, but at that in one year, people and right out the other. 
Well, it's like us trying to talk about something and then you lose the ability to talk about it. Um, it. It keeps you in line. And that's what has happened with the UFO agenda. It's been taboo. If you were, uh, let's say, a professional and you were, uh, let's say, a professor in a college or whatever, well, you can look at John Mack and some of those people who tried to come out uh, and, and use the true data you know, they were ostracized for what they were trying to do, and then they suffered uh, professionally. And it, that's the one thing that a lot of people, when I started doing this research, they said, oh, my gosh, Joy, you're going to just kill yourself because of the, you know, what you're discussing. And I'm like, yes, but I'm being called to do this. I understand that God has called me to do this, and this has been laid upon me to, to do this. So, you know, when, I, when you research something and you know something and when you've, you've done the case studies and you've seen the people and you've seen these things yourself and, you just kind of go, okay, anybody can laugh and say whatever they want to, but if you know the truth, it doesn't really affect you because you know the truth when other people may not know the truth. And so I keep trying to be that, I guess, voice in the wilderness crying out, uh, you know, on the on the towers of, of the world saying, look, 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 pay attention, look, because you're trying to make people wake up. And if you don't believe what I'm saying, then I'm saying, okay, then then take my work. I you know I, I take and I give you the books. I give you the people that said this. I show you the science behind it. Tell me how you can come up with something different. I mean, I've presented this in my in my work just as an attorney would before a jury. Uh, I'm I'm saying this is the case that I've built based on what the research is saying to me, what scripture is saying to me, what science is saying to me, what the world has documented. And these are things Doctor, that, instead of being conspiracy theories, they're not. Absolutely. Dr. Joy, here's the thing, though, too, is that some of us have been able to take the time out of our lives. Um, I've lost a relationship and other things due to this because I see what's important. I, I, because, you know, sure, I spent 12 years or whatever going through the beginning stages of education and now, I never went to public school, always went to a Christian school, but, you know, how much real knowledge was presented? They could only present the knowledge right. that they had. And, but some of That's us right. have been able to dedicate time to learn some of these things, which actually puts us in a very precarious position because now we become that biblical watchman on the wall. We've got the That's info right. or some info, and if we don't put it out there for others, then the blood is on our hands. Exactly, and I feel that way. If I don't, I had someone tell me one time when I was doing this research, and I was talking to a lot of people about it. Uh, this, this, he was actually a pastor at the time. He walked up to me. I was at Walmart. I'll never forget it. He walked up to me, and he looked at me, and he says, "Joy, you are. If you don't start telling this, you're like the Dead Sea. Stuff going in, nothing coming out, and you're going to pay for that." if you keep letting that stay dead within you. I mean, he had, I mean, he was not kidding. And that was definitely, he, God sent him because in my, in my, in my mind, I was like, well, how many people will be willing to listen to somebody like me? You know, you're always like, well, like me, you're like me. But then um, the more I got to thinking about it, you know, God had given me this information. I've done the research. I mean, I've been doing this research for over 40-something years, so it's not something that I just one day decided, I think I'll write a book about this and try to be a bit million seller. 
had nothing to do with that because when I started looking up the answers to these kinds of questions, I was doing it for me. I never really dreamed that I would be uh, an author and, and researcher and be on radio shows and TV and that kind of stuff. Never did I think that. I was answering these questions because I wanted to know, why am I here? What is going on? Why is all this happening? And how does it line up with what the Bible is really telling us? And, and it's lining up 100%. And if we went to Las Vegas and we, we, we bet on something, on the Bible, you can bet 100% and 100% has already happened and 100% is going to continue to happen and it's going to end just like the Bible tells us it's going to end. Now, we have the choice. Do we want to play along and do it the way God asks us to do it or we want to take it on ourselves and then stand before judgment against a, a creator, kind of like what Cain tried to do. And you see where it got him and his lineage. So... Um, you know, either you, either you play by the rules and you get paradise in the end, or you play by the rules you choose and you get hell in the end. I mean, it's kind of like you, you, he's given us the choice. You know, he's really given us the choice. And it's whether or not we want to use it to follow the tares and follow them straight to hell, or if we want to be the wheat that God gave us and not be like Esau who sold his soul and his you know, it's inheritance for, for food. I mean, you are given the opportunity as a as a uh, a child of God to get it, you know, to get back to paradise. And he gave us the manual to follow, and that's the Bible. And he told us exactly what to do. And he told us that while we're here, that we're living in a fallen world, and that Satan is ruling all the kingdoms. And to keep your mind on him and do these things, and, and in doing that, he sent his son so he could die on a cross, and save us from from all this uh, mixing and stuff that took place there in the garden. I mean, his blood upon the cross of Calvary is what gives us the ability to be what we are. If he didn't, we didn't have that blood covering us. We could never, we could never have the chance to go back into to paradise. Um, that blood had to be shed, and it had to be innocent blood. I mean, this is something. People don't stop and think that, you know, if Satan had to do it all over again, he'd have never allowed Christ on that on that cross because Christ had never committed sin. And, and those lineages that you were talking about in the Bible earlier, that's why that lineage is there. And it shows you in, in Matthew and in Luke. It takes you from, from one point down to Adam to all the way to uh, to Jesus and explains it in Matthew through uh, Joseph and through uh, Luke goes into Mary's lineage. And it, it's proven to you that there's no tainting, there's no bad stuff, that it was the original uh, seed after its kind lineage that, that Mary came from so that she didn't have that taintedness in her blood. And, of course, the, the research that I did showing that what Ron White found uh, on supposedly the Ark of the Covenant when he supposedly found that and did the blood testing that, you know, I, I show at my website, is showing that the mother had 23 chromosomes, but the father had one. So that meant that that blood that was on there was showing that the father of Jesus was in fact God. And that the yep. genetic disposition of the 23 that came from his mother is what gave him that look of this uh, Sephardic Jew or, 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 the, or the pure pure lineage and not the, the mixed lineage. 
and that's what it's trying, and that's why it's so important. I, know, I mean, I mean, I probably was like everybody else when I used to read the Bible. I think, why in the world did it say begat, 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 begat? I mean, it was like, why is this there? Well, you know, and when you understand that when the the Hebrews when they wrote their um, you know words down, they were so conscientious to make everything never miss one uh, letter. And at the end of the Bible, it tells you you're not to change any of that. Well, the reason it was so important is just like I'm saying. The lineage is important to know that the lineage from Seth, lineage from Adam and Eve all the way down to Jesus Christ through his mother Mary is what we are supposed to be like. And that other terror lineage that was over there from, from Cain did not mix into that and didn't play any role because if it had, Christ could never have gone to the cross in such a perfect state, blood state. He couldn't Absolutely. have been a sacrificial lamb. Absolutely. When you talk about the yeah. sacrifices that the that they had, you know, back in 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 just the the lambs and and the and the um uh the cows and stuff, they could even have like the red heifer couldn't even have a white hair on him. And if they had a lamb, they couldn't have any kind of blemish. So the only way for and that was to do animal sacrifices. For for God to cleanse us, He had to send His Son under perfect blood conditions. <clears throat> and upon the cross, Christ gave up His He gave Himself up. He said, "Into Your hands I commend My spirit." He He had the ability to not die, but He had to die for us, and He chose death so He could resurrect, go down to hell, bust hell's gates wide open, and resurrect us into the promise of eternal life. It had to be done like that. There was no other way to compensate for it. So the the lineage and blood and all that, the pureness, the not mixing, all that is is paramount to understanding the Bible and God and why he does not want us to be whores and adulterers and mixing and all this kind of stuff because it's not what he created us to be. That is all from Satan. Yes. I'm glad you brought up uh, Mary because I thought it was really interesting. Something that clicked in my head. I, I was listening to uh, Lawrence Gardner. I'm sure you're familiar with him. Yeah. And yes. I was listening to some of his info, and I was kind of thinking in my mind from the perspective of, say, Satan or whoever. And I was thinking, you know what? He probably thought he had really won something because God was going to bring forth uh, his child or this other part of him. That was me born of a virgin. And what does that mean? That would have meant that that bloodline that was running and always being followed from the males to try and follow the bloodline was going to be severed. And without realizing that Mary was from that same bloodline going up, whether it was Nathan or Solomon or whatever. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I thought it was it was kind of interesting here a couple of years ago, uh, back when I used to watch TV. I was watching one of these shows. Um, they're talking about outlaws and following bloodlines and things. And I think it was like Billy the Kid they thought they had found. And they wanted to mm-hmm. prove that that was him. <clears throat> but, and this is something that I also say, for guys that are getting, you know, swabbed in the mouth to see if they're the baby daddy or whatever on Maury Povich or whatever, to me, I think that's, that's all right. bogus. I think it's bogus, and this is why. Because when they were going to exhume his body, 
in order to find out if he was really, I think it was Bully the Kid, if it was, oh, it was Jesse James, I'm sorry. If it was really Jesse James, they needed two females from his side of the family in order to identify the mitochondrial DNA that was in him. And I'm like, whoa, 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 put the brakes on here a second. Wait a minute. They're following the mitochondrial <laughs> DNA? Uh, That's well, right. Why do they the go mothers. and test a, why do they go and test a guy's blood to see if he's the baby daddy? Why aren't they testing his mother's blood? Yeah, it's a really strange thing. And the more you study this, I mean, that's the thing is that, you know, in the garden we're told that, um, well, after the garden, we're told that Adam named his, his wife Eve because she was the, the mother of all the living. It never says that, that, that Adam is the father <laughs> of all the living because he's not. Because right. Satan had a lineage, and, and nobody ever questions that. And then the thing about it, uh, the, the latest scientific evidence that we're probably only 6,000 years out, like we thought uh, in this particular generation that we live, is that genetics can only go back about 6,000 years once you keep breaking it down, breaking it down through mitochondrial uh, DNA or RNA. You can only go back to a one woman, which science is actually named Eve. So, and you can't go back any further. It can't be pushed back any further. So now, you know, especially your Christians that are scientists are have been doing this DNA and genetics testing and stuff. They started being able where they can break those things backwards, and they can only go back six thousand years to one woman. Well, guess what? That's exactly what the Bible says. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's absolutely I remember, amazing, and that's where my work, I really try to bring in the science, because when people question what I'm saying, I'm like, okay, well, here's the science behind it, you know? <laughs> Here, here's I, I the rem- reasoning. I'm not making I it remember up. <laughs> a, w- a while ago, I was uh, listening to a rabbi uh, that was being questioned about how they know whether or not somebody is a J person or not, you know what I mean? And right. uh-huh. it... it transferred into like three stages over time the way he told it was that first you know it followed the female bloodline then it was you know if they were practicing and then it became well if they're somewhat practicing and just kind of identify as that then yeah that's what they are and now looking at the bloodlines and things and what's happened through time to segue into some more info that you have um and back to what i was talking about with the blonde hair, blue eyes, or red hair originating in the Mesopotamian area and then heading over towards the England direction, uh, there was a young lady over there who came right out and said she felt like she was just a baby factory. That was all she was being used for. (laughs) And she gave birth to William. Will, I am. You want to talk about that a little? Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the thing about it is, is what most people don't understand is when you look at, like I said, the royal family and, and who rules the world, who, who's the wealthiest? I know you were talking about, you know, should we look, be looking at the money or should we be looking at the bloodlines? Well, the, interesting enough, the, the bloodline that, um, that, that the Bible tells us is probably that the Antichrist is going to come from, from the lineage of Dan, we find that there's a connection to all of that and to the, to the J group. <laughs> Uh, through Princess Diana. And in my book, Beguiled, uh, Eden to Armageddon, Volume 3, I go through that, and I kind of really break it all down 
to show you how that lineage um, came about and why it was that Charles had never married. I mean, he, he, it's quite evident he loved Camilla from day one. Why didn't he marry her? Why didn't he marry her? He did not marry her because he had to fulfill something. And that was that uh, he had to marry a virgin and she had to be a birthing chamber, which she said she was. And he had to bring about a child under very strange circumstances. I mean, in the research that I've done, I mean, he was, he was into all this magic and all these kinds of things. And, of course, your, um, your groups like Wicca and things like that were looking for the Antichrist to be born from a, a, a so-called virgin and um, that it would be under a certain star. And all these things were going to happen. And sure enough, most all the things that I looked at and, and did research on during that time pointed to this connection to why did, why, did, why did really Charles hold out as long as he did? And what was the deal with uh, the Pope and the connection to the Pope and the Pope saying that he had to watch this fissioning process? Anybody that knows what fissioning is, it's, it's cloning. It's when you... Uh, it's like asexual reproduction. It's a very strange thing that's going to happen. And, um, you know, when I first started talking about cloning, it was it was like, oh, that's just science fiction. And then I started doing the research on it. I'm like, no, it's not. Cloning has been around since the 1800s. But it's been one of those things that's been done under uh, black ops kind of things and, and, and perfected to the point that when they actually did Dolly, that they brought it out to the world and started telling us a little bit about it. Just all interesting that it all happened at about the same time that, that William came into the world. And, um, and what people didn't understand when I started talking about this was that, you know, the blood on the shroud is very alive. It's alive because of the research that Ron White did. When he had that blood reconstituted, it was alive. It's not dead blood. And the thing about it is every skin cell that we have on us, whether it flakes off and falls on the ground or it's still on us, we can scrape just one cell of you and I out of our body and put it in a hollowed-out egg from a woman, pop it back in her for nine months, and when she delivers, she's not going to deliver a child that has any connection to her. She's going to deliver, if it's my skin cell, she's delivering another body image of Joy Jeffress Pugh. Every shape, form, fashion of me will be a part of that. It's not a twin. It is another me without a soul because only God can give that breath of life, and that breath of life comes from the sperm hitting the egg and causing an electrical uh, jolt, and that electrical joke is a type of energy that's, that's established, and it can, never, it can never go away. When we go to clone something, we have to use an electrical charge to get the skin cells to start dividing. But that cell is just dividing just like it does on me every day. It's dividing, and we can control it, and it becomes another, another me. And in other words, if, I, if it's born and it has a heart and I need a heart, I can take that heart out of that baby that's born and put it inside of me, and I won't even have to take rejection medicine. It is an identical process of me and so when I started trying to talk about this people were like oh that's just so far-fetched it's like I'm a science fiction and I'm like but it's real you know it is a real science I mean these kinds of things can be done in a high school laboratory cloning it's not a hard thing to do 
And, and, and so when you think about that there's blood on the strata terrain, there was blood that Ron had, um, the, the blood on the strata terrain was actually cloned. The, the Sturt Committee that went in there and had access to that, to that cloth uh, for those numbers of days that they were over there and allowed by the Vatican to have accessibility to it, they took those blood samples. I mean, they got it, and they cloned it. So, I mean, they were already looking at what is this and what, is it, what does it mean? And only till Ron came out with his stuff were we able to see that there's something very unique about that blood. It's not dead. It's alive. So, you know, when the, when the Bible tells us that the blood of Jesus covers us, it's alive. It's never died. It hasn't. It's alive. It's, it, it, it can never. The, the thing that people don't stop and think is death came into the world because of sin. Jesus Christ walked this earth with no sin. So his blood is not tainted. It is alive. It is living. It is covering. It can cleanse us. It can make us whole. It can deliver us. You know, that's why it says look to the blood of Christ. That's why we do communion service where we acknowledge with the the bread the stripes that he had upon his body to heal our body. By his stripes we're healed. And then with the communion of the, of the wine, it is to commemorate the, the blood that was shed that delivered us. Kind of like when the uh, Egyptians were holding the Israelites hostage and Moses was like, my, you know, going to them, let my people go. And they had the Passover lamb and they took the pure lamb that had no, they could not have any blemish. They killed that lamb and put that blood on the doorpost to protect them from the angel that came around and killed all the firstborn children of the, of the uh, Egyptians. You know, it was not, it's very significant having blood that's not tainted to, to deliver you from evil. And, and so these lineages know that. These lineages that are here that are not of us are very aware of how important we are to God. The problem is God's children don't realize how important we are to him. And so yeah, we right. let the tares come in and manipulate us and use us and, and get us to fight each other and be at odds with one another. And they, they're, the, they're the war makers. They're the ones that make the guns that we use the money to buy the weapons with. You know, they, it's the same thing with the vaccinations and the plague. They, they invent these things, and then they fix the vaccination. They make money on us. We're stupid. And that's why the scripture says, you know, my people suffer because of their lack of knowledge. If we get smart about this, and we're like Trump, go to the table, play in the chess game with these cats, you know, they're not pulling the wool over our eyes, then the game becomes harder for them. And they know that it's going to get worse and worse because just like with us, they cut us off. They don't want us to tell these things to the commoners. Because if we start saying, look, if you will listen to what I'm saying, it makes sense. We're fighting against a principality here on this earth that is out to destroy us. And if, they, if we keep letting them corral us like they're doing, they're, we have no escape. And, and the more that we scream, the more they want to say conspiracy theory, and the more we get closer and closer to the end of days, which we know the only way out of this is for us to choose Jesus Christ. That's the only way out. Yep, choose Yeshua. That blood there is something, the only thing that saves us. There was something I wanted to bring up in part one of uh, tonight's conversation uh, before we got dropped. 
but I will, when I share this, I'll be sharing it in parts one and two. So people can skip over to part two when they're done with part one. But uh, you're bringing up um, uh, the significance of a virgin in, in part one. And what I wanted to mention was, you know, something I had brought up a few years ago to a few people. And everybody told me I was a nut job. They thought I was crazy as hell. And uh, that was that when a woman has a child, that that child just doesn't have her characteristics or DNA and, you know, the uh, sires or the man's DNA, but possibly even other men that she had been with in the past. And everybody thought I was crazy. And I was like, wait a minute. You look at people that have these dogs or horses that they're papered. And Mm -hmm. with their records, it shows who begot who and who begot who. And people that have a papered dog, a a purebred dog, if that dog gets loose or whatever, they get ticked off if the neighbor's mutt goes and knocks it up. Oh, yes, that's right. And the reason why is because it will deliver some of its DNA into it, and it'll taint the blood of all the other offspring that that dog has in the future. And I said the same thing happens with human beings. And then lo and behold, here a couple years ago, some college or university out of Britain did a study, and what did they find? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) They found that the same thing happens with humans. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a, if you ever cross the blood barrier, that's the thing. If you cross the blood barrier, then you, have, you, you can have issues. And that's why you've got things like Rh negative blood and those kinds of things with the blood barriers and things with uh, unique kind of diseases that you have to be careful about. Um, it, it, and it's no different, like you say, trying to get the bloodlines to be pure. Those thoroughbreds are very aware of what they've got to do to kind of maintain their status and, and their blue blood image. That's why they call themselves blue bloods. They're not like you and I. They're being maintained in a thoroughbred status. And, um, and they weed out those recessive genes and, and look for those dominant traits and that kind of thing. But that is why the virgin was so important with, with uh, the birth of Christ. And then the thing, same thing when they were wanting to birth William, they wanted to make sure that Diana was in that case a, you know, a pureness about her um, and that she was in fact a virgin and she could be that birth in chamber that would not have any. In other words, if we want to take and we want to clone Jesus' blood, we don't want anything to contaminate it so that whatever we produce is not what we want. We want that body image, you know, to be exactly as it should be without a problem. And it's no different than if we were to clone a mammoth or let's say a dinosaur or whatever, we would be looking at how do we do this so we don't, you know, bring in something that we're uh, mixing. We want the real thing to look at, you know. Um, And that's what they were after. They wanted the pureness of the situation. And when you think about poor Diana, you know, she was taken in and kept away and hidden. I mean, all kinds of weird kind of things. And then she specifically said out of her own mouth that Charles never loved her, that he literally was still very much in love with Camilla. Well, then what was he doing this for? It doesn't make sense. He could have had a child with her. 
with Camilla. He could have done that a long, long time ago when they were young and they were so involved with one another. It was because Camilla didn't have the lineage to put on the books to give the right to the the Dan's lineage and the rights to the connection to the Jew, to the Jays over in Israel. I mean, it's all connection, connection laid out. It has to be done in a specific time, manner, under certain conditions, at a certain time, under certain stars, and it all lines up when you do the research on it. Absolutely. And when she got enough of it and tried to go before the public, unfortunately she was talking to a bunch of dummies because most commoners don't know about what we know about. And if we try to talk about it, then we get cut off. But she tried to get on national TV, and she said, on national TV, those people were lizards. She said it out of her own mouth. I heard the broadcast. I saw her say it. She said it. But nobody, they took it like, well, those people are like dogs, you know, or something like that. She was telling us, those people are the serpents. They're the lizards. They're the ones, you know. And, of course, they, she told everybody they were going to kill her, and they did. They killed her. Yep. They sacrificed her as perfect as a person could be sacrificed. And if you study how she was how she was killed on the 13th pillar and all that kind of stuff, oh, and I have that in my on my in my books about Heathcath, the day of Heathcath. I mean, it just everything lined up. Everything. The Mercedes that she was in had been taken out the day before. There was problems with the instruments that had been removed with a chip. There's something called the Boston brakes that I say that's what they used to to run the car into the pillar. I mean, it was all a stage plan to to sacrifice her blood at that point, at that minute, on that day. So there's just too much. Even the the thing over there in London that they built to honor her is a if you get up above it and take a picture of it from an airplane, it looks like an egg with you puncturing the side of it like you would in a Petri dish. <laughs> I mean, it's like the exact same thing. If you take a picture of it, it's like a Petri dish with an egg in it with a little thing punctured in it. So it's, it's like, you know, it's right before our eyes. And poor Diane, I feel so sorry for her because I think she was literally screaming to the world. And, and, and all of us were sitting there going, oh, how terrible. She's not loved anymore and da-da-da-da-da. We're not even, even understanding what she was trying to say. I was used as a birthing chamber. She tried to kill herself three times while she had William inside of her. He was going to be the king. She was going to be his mother. She would have been protected, supposedly, if that was just a normal situation. Why was she even worried? She didn't want to bring him into the world. And Charles was pushing her to name that boy Arthur so he could be called King Arthur and fulfill that grill bloodline to bring that king that once died back to life as a child. That is the grail lore. And anybody in secret societies knows that. And poor Diana was trying to talk to a bunch of idiots like us who were sitting there going, oh, I feel so sorry for her. Now she's got to go through a divorce. I mean, we're, we're down on this level of not even getting it. She's talking to us. We're the poor sheep with the, with the sunglasses on, and we're blind as bats. And that's the sad thing about all of this is that she was trying to tell us what was going on. And the, yeah. the world missed it. 
And and when we're trying to expose it, then they want to make us out like we're kooks. And I'm like, okay, I, in my books, this is research. I've got the proof. This is the science behind it. Tell me why this is not the way it is. Because I want to know the truth. I'm not trying to make up something. I want to know the real truth because if that boy who's now a man who has a grandmother that's the wealthiest person in the world who owns the land of the British Empire that was once the same countries as the Roman Empire, and he's got the capability to walk into a temple over in Israel and can proclaim himself as prophet, priest, and king. And John the Revelator told us there's going to come an iconic image, a beast without a soul. It's the only time that's ever used in, in Scripture about that iconic beast of an image. It, when, it, when it's talking about that in Scripture, it's an iconic image. Okay, who in the world were we warned that somebody was going to stand in the temple proclaiming himself to be God? You can't proclaim yourself to be God in a temple unless you look like God. And we have a shroud of to know what God looks like, what Jesus looks like in the flesh, or what God looked like in the flesh as Jesus, his son. So when we have the evidence, we have the proof, we know it's real, but yet they've tried to make the shroud be like, oh, it's painted, it's this or whatever. Well, now they're proven now because of the science that that shroud is as real as the day is long, which I have said from day one. And that everything on that shroud is proven it's not an image that somebody painted. It is literally some form of combustion where light, and I think it's pure light, went through that cloth. And when Jesus resurrected, when you really think about when a sperm hits an egg and energy is born, boom, it is so powerful that when you've got pure energy like God is, when it manifested itself and broke the bonds of death, it went through that cloth, it exploded in light. And it literally left that image there. And nobody's been able to reproduce that image. They'll never be able to reproduce that image because that proves that we don't die, that there is a life after death. Just like yeah. Noah's Ark up there in, in, in the mountains. You know, Turkey won't let us up there because of what? It's like the, the Hall of Records is supposed to be at the foot or the feet of the Sphinx, but yet the Egyptian archives people don't want us down there. Why? It's why is it that all these things that are in the Vatican's library, you and I can't go look at? Why is it all the stuff that's in the British Museum, we can't get passes in there to look at it? Why are things hidden in the Smithsonian that you and I don't have access to? Somebody's keeping the truth from us. And the more we try yep. to expose it, the more they want to cut us off and to keep us, yep. like, okay, okay, they're crazy or they're this or they're that or whatever. You know, I am a Christian. I want to tell the truth. When I tell you I saw a UFO, I saw a UFO. I saw it with my own eyes. If we've got that kind of capability, we can rule the world as the United States. Why are we even playing games with Iran or Iraq or any of those people over there? Because that technology, <laughs> for what I saw, absolutely. 
We don't even have to send our troops. We can handle it with technology. If that is us, if it's not us, then by golly, something's up there. It's been up there. It's still up there. It's been with us from day one. And it's not going away. And our military are getting people like you and I that are coming out and going, look, these things are real, and we can't protect the American people from it. And they're being seen every day. Like in MUFON, there's probably like five or 600 sightings a month. And that's people who know how to report it or want to take the time to tell somebody. Because most people that I've interviewed in my area are scared to death to tell anybody what they've seen because they don't want to be seen as a kook or carried off on a paddy wagon, you know, wrapped in a white uh, uh, straitjacket. But yet people are having experiences, people are seeing things, people are dreaming dreams. Everything that the Bible says at the end of days is happening. And it's happening right before our eyes. And we're sitting here looking at cell phones. And talking about, well, so-and-so didn't do this. And what am I going to have to eat for tomorrow night? We're just riding the ship right down to the point of they're going to sink it and we're all on the boat. And if you don't have Jesus Christ, if you don't have that as your option out of this, which is the only option, it's like not lights out. You know, you can't take that atheistic thing where, hey, when I die, I'm just lights out and there's nothing there. Absolutely wrong. When that energy is made, you're there forever. And you can take that energy, like I just said about cloning you. I just think of how many skin cells you get rid of in your lifetime. That's a holographic you. And each skin cell is a holographic you. You could be burned, brought back, burned again for eternity. You could be tortured forever. And these bad things that are among us, oh my gosh, if you think what we're living with in this world right now and what's to come, imagine that for eternity with no process of ever being delivered from it by God, ever. Today, we can ask for forgiveness for every second of everything that we, if we do something wrong, we can immediately ask for forgiveness and we are forgiven. But there's coming a day, if you choose to follow those tears and Satan into the gates of hell, you're going to be there for eternity. And it's not lights out. It's forever. In our mind, we think about 70 years or 80 years or 100 years and people die and it's kind of over. It's not over. That's just the beginning because that's eternity. I've done too much stuff with, with uh, near-death experiences. When you are dying, your body is a shell. It's housing a spirit soul. And when you're dying, you step outside your body. You can look at your body. You can see it dying. You can know what everything's happening around it. And when you look down at you, you're just this whole. You can see your fingers. You can see your body. The whole nine yards, you are still you with your mind. You're hovering over your body down there if it was run over or if you're having surgery or if it's just time for you to die. Just a natural death. You are still alive. So yeah, you can't the, you the, can't destroy with all, you can't destroy energy. You can't destroy it. That's right. Energy's got to go somewhere. Thermodynamics, it's <coughs> always there. Well, so I, I want to say too, it's, it's a joke. 
Well, I, myself personally, I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. But you know, it, and if people think that this, this bloodline, this bloodline thing is a crazy idea or whatever, you know, it, it, most people should have done enough research. And I know in in this circle, I'm sure people realize that that it's always been about bloodlines, but it's even yeah. done just in common things today. If you go back, um, I'm trying to think of what the singer's name was. She used uh, David Crosby as a sperm donor for her and her girlfriend. Um, uh -huh. God, her name starts with a C. And I just bounced out of my head. But anyway, her and her girlfriend used David Crosby as a sperm donor. And mm -hmm. anybody would stop and think, wait a minute. You've got this short, fat, washed-up singer. He's had two or three heart transplants so far. He's been a drug addict in and out of jail what in the world in his dna or whatever why would you want him you know and if you go back and i i did a whole study on it and going back and looking at his family lineage and uh mm -hmm. like the family name the family name white house is one of the mm -hmm. family names you'll find and in his family were people that go back to the founders of america they were governors. They held seats. And if you go even further back, they came from England. They came mm -hmm. from those blue bloods. And so mm -hmm. that's what her and her girlfriend wanted. They wanted mm -hmm. that bloodline is what they were after. So that's right. It's not just at it's just not at the high royal levels that this happens. This happens in everyday life, too. Well, right, because they're wanting the opportunity that if they've got those bloodlines, they can get into those secret societies. They can get into the lower levels of the echelon that uh, those people run in those circles. Uh, and that's what they're after is trying to connect to that. If you don't have that, then like I say, you can go so high in the secret societies, but if you don't have that, the rest of the lineage to, to fall back on, then you're just, you know, you're, you're, it, you're done. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think, tonight has been, I think tonight's been a lot of info for people to bite off, especially uh, they listen to parts one and two. Um, it gives a lot to think about. It really does. Well, if anything, it opens your eyes to a lot of the stuff that we've been told um, in our books, even in school, uh, about things, about theories. There's a reason that we've been given false information is to lead us in the wrong direction to look at the right stuff. And when you start realizing that things are different than what we were taught, then you start going, well, who's playing the game? Who's behind it? Um, and a lot of people don't like to think that, could our government be doing that to us? I mean, we think about, I, I mentioned this in, in one of my books about how they use the mentally retarded people uh, and, and subjected them to radioactive, you know, stuff to see what it would be like to live during a nuclear war. And then they did the Tuskegee Institute, uh, Tuskegee um, thing with the, um, the the black people in the syphilis situation, in which they were actually letting them die with syphilis instead of actually treating them. And then we know the vaccination programs with uh, the World Health Organization and some of the stuff with the possibility that they mix the green monkey into the AIDS virus, they had a you know a, a green monkey kind of thing that had this this going on, and they used it to get the the vaccine to work better, and didn't identify supposedly what they 
didn't know, which I think they did. But then, you know, the question is, who who de- who develops the vaccinations, and then the people that die from the vaccinations, and the children that's been, you know, hurt by autism and stuff like that. There's just a lot of things going on that we trust as truth. And when you really get down to it and do the research on it, you see that it was a bunch of lies to bring about somebody either to make money. It's kind of like Tesla. I I did a a chapter on Tesla and his capability for us to have, you know, uh, run things without oil and gas. We could run it off of telluric energy, energy from the earth. And it wouldn't cost us a dime to drive our cars, buy on airplanes, or run the electricity in our homes with just little copper coils. And to think that they drove him and broke him and took his, you know, his capability underground because, you know, Thomas Edison and them wanted to sell electricity and the light bulbs and the whole nine yards. So now we pay out all this money out of our pockets for our gas and our oil and our electricity, and we could have had it all free if somebody hadn't have been just eager to make money off of the common people. And when you start seeing that, it's like we've always been told about Hitler, how bad he was, but then you find out that, you know, you had all these people like I.G. Farman uh, and, um, and Henry Ford actually backing him money-wise. You know, so we're not always told of the whole truth about things. And I think that's the thing that really worries me the most is that we've been lied to so much and seen as, like I say, dumb sheep walking around not asking questions. And unfortunately, Princess Diana was screaming, help, help. This is what these people are, and this is what I've been used for, and nobody could even get it. And like I say, when I started yeah. kind of exposing this, it was like, whoa, whoa, how did you come up with that? And I'm like, look at, let's look at the data. And that's why I included connect, my book. Connect and the I dots. the sources and everything. Yes, connect the dots so you see the big picture. And when you see the big picture, it's a, it's a big picture, and it's like spot on to what the Bible says is going to happen. Well, you know what? Hey, you were talking about energy, and uh, before we close out here, um, you were bringing up energy, and one of the quotes that most people don't know from Richard Nixon was Richard Nixon said he was going to serve three terms. And the reason why he said that, he said he believed he was going to give everybody free energy. Nixon had a relationship with um, Trump's uncle also. He had the information on Tesla also, and mm-hmm. he felt he was going to bring forward a new age to America, and he would end up serving three terms. And yeah, they didn't want that, and because of no, that, they didn't want and that. another, and another reason that had nothing to do with Watergate, they eliminated him. But you know, mm-hmm. this really comes down to what I tell people every week. Every week, I tell people. You've got to learn three things, who you really are, where you're really from, and where you're really at, because you've been deceived on all three of those levels. And uh, right. Dr. Joy, I want you to mention um, the, the books that you've written and how people can access them. And as well, um, you've got a uh, seminar that you are going to be uh, attending as a guest as well. Come, uh, I think it's March 17th of 2020 here along with, I believe, uh, Zen Garcia, Rob Skiba, and some other people, if you want to mention that. Yeah, that's it. The, it actually, the last weekend in March is 27th, 28th, 29th. It's in Atlanta, Georgia. 
and we'll all be there uh, for a three-day conference, and it's going to be really intense, and I promise that you will not go away not feeling like you have not learned something because it's going to be a lot of people who have done a lot of research who are really trying to, to bring the truth to the table, and there will be some roundtable discussions and answering some questions, and it'll get it, it'll get really deep and, and, and to the point. You won't be being lied to. You'll be be told what's really, really real at that conference, and I'm looking very much to being a speaker and being a participant in that as well. And then uh, my books and everything, you can go to my website, which is www.drjoy, and it's D-R-J-O-Y-E, that's joy with an E, dot com. And then my Facebook page is Joy, J-O-Y-E, and my last name is Pew, P as in Paul, U-G-H. And you can friend me on my Facebook page and then keep up with my upcoming radio shows, as well as if you go to my website, drjoy.com, and, um, and, and all the information is there where my books are there. You can click on the link, so it will take you to the bookstore. You can purchase those books that are there, and I'll tell you a little bit about me. And there's also a submission form there. I do a radio show every month, every last Monday of every month on YouTube uh, from 8 to 10. And it's uh, Dr. Joy Ask Me Anything. And if you have a question that you'd like to ask me, if you'll send me that on the submission form for my uh, website and then listen to the show, then I will use your first name only. And uh, if you prefer to be anonymous, you can say to be anonymous and ask the question or your initials or whatever. But then you'll know the question that you sent me that I'll answer live on the show. So um, those are kind of ways to stay in touch with me. I do a lot of radio. So uh, if you become a Facebook friend, I always announce at least the day or day before and as well as the day of the uh, event that I'm going to be doing so that if you want to listen live to a radio broadcast or if you want to pick it back up if you've missed it uh, through podcast or, or whatever that the people might be offering to be able to really listen to the recorded ver uh, versions, those links will also be there on my uh, Facebook page. And, um, and like I say, I love to get questions. I get questions from all over the world. I was still in one this morning that someone had sent me from Newfoundland so it's pretty interesting, the people that I've had the opportunity to talk with and, and, and speak with. And I thank you so much, um, Brian, for allowing me to be on your show tonight and to talk to your, um, you know, your listeners about my research. But like I say, if there's any question that we didn't get to or, or something they want to know more about, uh, all I got to do is go to that uh, website and send me a submission form. It'll come right into my email, and, um, and I'll be able to handle it uh, from there. So. Thank you, thank you, thank you for allowing me to be on tonight. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, just to confirm to everybody, I'll tell you what, those Ask Me Anything uh, shows that she does are excellent. They are excellent. And because, They get into you know, some really deep detail. Yes, they do. Well, the thing is, is that some people will ask questions that you may have had in your head that maybe you don't even think of. And you're like, oh, my gosh, yeah, I would love to know that. And so, yeah, it's really awesome to hear her take on it. And, yeah, thank you for being on here tonight, Dr. Joy. And, you know, I'll, I'll tell you what, it's too bad that the show got cut into two pieces. But, I mean, you give me a Southern Bell, and I can sit and listen to you forever. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. You're very kind. I've been called Dolly Parton and everything else. One guy, he, he, he asked me to be on his show, and he says, I just want you on because you sound like Dolly Parton. I said, well, I wish I could sing, 
and I wish I had the money that Dolly Parton had. So, but anyway, thank you for your kindness and and uh, and your uh, willingness to let me share what I have loved to do for so long in my life, and that is is to talk about uh, what's happening in the world and and to really correlate it to how important we are to the Creator that made us. That we are just not grains of sand, just floating in a in a space somewhere with nothing. We all have a soul, and that soul's the most important thing. That it actually is the greatest asset we have. So I just always want Absolutely. people to stop and think: where, where you, where do you want your, where do, you, where do you want the most important thing of you to end up? And I think you really need to stop and think about that you really want it to be in paradise with a creator Absolutely. that created us, who loves us, and as a and, child. And we, and we are not nothing. We are not nothing. Uh, the, there was a uh, British university here about almost two years ago that showed a study that they did where they were able to photograph the time of conception of the egg. Oh, yes. And they yes. showed and, and the burst of light. They showed that burst right, of is. light. Well, where does that come from? It's got to come from somewhere. You're God. not nothing. Everybody is something. That's right. Right. And you're something very important. I mean, I think it is. that's a good message to leave everybody with, I guess. Yes, it is. Thank you, Doc. Thank you, Dr. Joy. You have a blessed evening and really appreciate you being on here. And uh, we'll chat again. Okay, sounds great. Thanks again. Good night. Good night, guys. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.